0: Church, as we begin today, I just want to ask, have you ever felt like you needed a mental health day? (laughs) By the way, you can thank the millennial generation for that being a regular conversation. Uh, They're the ones that started pushing more for this mental health day. I think we all need uh, mental health days. Uh, that we need rest, and there's a reason for that, and I want to share it with you today. Um, in, one, in chapter 1 of Competent Christian Counseling, we have a slide, if you guys would scroll forward. Um, the authors of this book, this was a textbook when I was taking counseling courses at Liberty University. And in this chapter, they ask this question, what's happening to us? They go on to say the 24-7 pace and the pain of our day have taken over. The cry for relief is deafening. The need to simplify, slow down, and live a simpler life is compelling. More than 50% of all adults in the United States now claim to be stressed out. Um, I mean, I had this book over 10 years ago, um, so most likely it's more than 50% now. Uh, Too busy to make sense of their time-starved, cluttered, and unstable worlds. Trapped in the difficult paradox of chasing excitement and pleasure, most people feel too fatigued and overworked to simplify, reflect, and satisfy deeper longings for meaning and renewal. Faced with an uncertain future, many people believe they are falling farther behind and will never get the chance to stop and smell the roses. It is easy to conclude that significant numbers of individuals in today's world are overwhelmed and confused by lives that have turned out far differently than the way they were supposed to. Crowded and pained lives lead to fatigue. We're even too tired and overwhelmed to exercise, eat right, sleep more, read good books, be a coach or teach a class. More forces than ever are tearing at our relationships and competing for our time, energy, and affection. Before long, tensions build, tempers flare, stomachs turn, ulcers bleed, and poor choices are made. Worse yet, they go on to say, hurt people hurt people. And brokenness is everywhere. Yet we go plodding onward. Desperately hoping for a better day. Consumed in our quest for a better life, we do more, we demand more, we stuff more into our thoughts and emotions. Now church, I share that with you today because you can identify with what they are saying. Um, this fast-paced life has been wearing upon the soul of humanity. It has done much damage to to the soul, and it's the culture we live in. And this culture has opened, I'm wording it this way, Pandora's box with all its physical and emotional curses on mankind. Within this context, we are seeing um, multiple mental health issues. Um, There is diagnosed anxiety, uh, a generation, Gen Z, loneliness. Uh, PTSD from a 20 year war, trauma from abuse abounds, Um, broken homes, depression, drug abuse, whatever it may be, Satan's world system has been very destructive and everyone has experienced some form of hurt. Uh, No one escapes that. Maybe some have it worse than others, which means people need good soul care. And that's where the church comes into play. Um, And we want to be a people that lead people to help, to healing, and point people to the answer and the hope that there is in Jesus Christ. I'm going to highlight some of what Mary has already read, Matthew chapter 11. Now, Jesus was speaking to Israel as a nation. And he was calling them to himself, and they have largely reject him, and so he gives out a personal invitation to the crowds. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that wonderful? That out of all things that Jesus is offering, he is offering rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray together today. God in heaven, we thank you for this time to meet as your people. And Lord, we sit at the feet of Jesus. We want to hear His comforting words today. And I pray for... Our people, those who are watching online, those who are here today, Lord, that they hear from You. And those who have experienced trauma and stress and anxiety, Lord, that they are learning to seek and find help. Uh, Lord, we have many people who, with sickness, um, uh, the stress of life and grief, and I pray that we are finding comfort in You. That our soul has rest in what you have to offer. And pray that you bless the words that go forward today. And open our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say. We want to hear the comforting words of our Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Now church, this week I received a text from my chiropractor uh, that basically said this. We are committed to your health. And they, were, they went on to say, please call us to reserve a time for your care. And I was thinking about that, you know, at first I was like, man, I, you know, marketing tactics. And part of that was like, man, that's really good um, that they're reaching out and reminding those things. You know, my back has been kind of stiff this week. Um, but at the same time, just as you are a Christian and you would go to a chiropractor for health, Um, just as a Christian has other issues they have to deal with as well. And I want you to know that you can have Jesus and have a therapist, too. Uh, You can have a counselor. You can go to someone else and speak to them about whatever is going on in your life. And just like you would go to the doctor uh, for a sickness and these things, um, we're going to get into trauma and stress and depression But largely, I want you to know one of the reasons I invited Ginger to come last week is to open the door of reality. Um, There is a place of healing. And the church is in the business of helping, and we want to see people get help. And so we encourage people to find help where they need it in good Christian counseling. Now here it is, as a pastor, I am very concerned with the spiritual well-being of our congregation. I'm concerned about our community. Um, There are this this community is going through some hard things. Uh, We're dealing with suicide, depression, anxiety, abuse, uh, child abuse, all kinds of things, addictions. And we want to be a source of not only preaching Jesus, but um, his providential way of helping people like Jesus can heal you miraculously. If you call upon him, he's done that. But he also gives us doctors with wisdom to help us in other areas of life. And we want to encourage those things. And we want to be a huge help for our community. Again, Christianity is a totalizing view of reality. It lays claim on all areas of life. And it lays claim on the issue of mental health issues. And the church made this kind of a dark taboo issue, and it is an important thing because Christ came to provide healing, and the church should also provide healing and hope for those in need. So, uh, Christianity lays claim for mental, to mental health because you are human, you are made in the image of God, which means Christianity gets to speak to that. And though we are fallen, God is desperately seeking to help you that you have the right spiritual healing. And by help, I don't mean... Adding Jesus to your sin. Our culture, that's how they do Christianity today. I want my sin, I want my lifestyle, and I just put this title of Christianity on that. I don't mean that. I mean that Jesus came to take away your sins. He bore your sins on the cross. I don't have it on the screen here. I want to share what the Apostle Peter said. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And our vision at Casper is to reach Casper for Christ, um, that they may enter into a blessed relationship with God and experience his salvation and a life that is blessed by God, the abundant life that our Heavenly Father provides. Now, what I want to deal with today in, is the church's role in these matters. Um, the very fact that we are the church, we are the body of Christ, should, 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 we should be concerned with the well being of people, not just the coming and going of people and the numbers, not just coming to a class and I want people to come and worship. I want people to be a part of a class. But we should really and truly be concerned about the soul of people, Uh, about soul care, I've preached the gospel. People believe in Jesus Christ, but there's other things that have to be dealt with their hurts and their habits and all of these things. And we want to take part in that role in soul care. So today, the first thing we're going to deal with is that we are in a world of hurt. So there is hurt. Um, Paul says this in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Sin is in the world. All people have been hurt by the reality of sin. And when I talk about hurt, I want you to know that I don't mean, um, my boss is getting on my nerves, he's telling me to come and be on time and do my job, and he hurt my feelings. I'm not talking about that kind of hurt. I'm talking about real serious trauma. I'm not talking about you're not getting along with your parents because of these things. I'm talking about serious hurts. Um, I'm not talking about those who say, I can't even. Um, You know, and and, and over 10 years ago, I started to see people on social media post this thing. It's hilarious. Adulting is hard. (laughs) And I was like, there's some difficulties with adulting. I get that. Uh, don't give up, by the way, um, but it's not as bad as we make it out. I just can't adult today. I was <laughs> just like, I get some of that, um, um, But you know, take a nap, eat something delicious, and let's move on. Um, and in this, I want you to see, so hurt, I believe we can say uh, that all have experienced some form of hurt, and largely because this is largely because of the fall. Um, this is what the Apostle Paul is telling us here. Adam made a decision to choose his own way rather than God's way. And that opened the door for death and disease and sickness in the world. The fall has marred God's creation and people are born uh, with a bent, they're bent inward. People are selfish. Their self-satisfying leads to harming other people. For example, everybody has a longing to be loved. The problem that we see in the world is people seek love in all the wrong places first. And when they do, people get harmed by those who are taking advantage of them. The harm that's been done to humanity is overwhelming. It is, it's even hard to talk about the abuse that has happened because people have sought love, not from God to provide it, but from the wrong places. And they have been hurt. People get used and abused. And now that they are hurt, hurt people hurt people. And every area of life has been touched by the fall. And the things are so bad that the whole creation groans. And Paul says this in Romans chapter 8. Listen to this. This This is fascinating. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth unto now. The whole earth... Being marred by the fall is groaning and hoping to be redeemed. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. So our bodies even groan you get the aches, your spirit, your very soul aches. You long for something to be made right. The fall has affected in this because of sickness and disease in the world. It has affected mental health. Not only specific trauma from being hurt. So there's trauma that happens to someone, but there's also subsequent injury because of the fall. Uh, Just as a a person can have cancer, heart disease, diabetes, what have you. People can have a disease of the brain. You can have physiological issues, anatomical issues, all kinds of issues. And people can have all kinds of behavior disorders. The brain is an organ and can have diseases, Uh, chemical imbalances, all these things. Trauma can cause these things, stress, anxiety, which leads into uh, depression. The strain and stress um, is, is too much for us to handle. We've been trying to hold up too much. In fact, when Jesus was saying, come to me and find rest, my yoke is light, Is because religion had pressed people down and forced a bunch of rules that they could not keep even themselves. And Jesus was saying, I give you salvation. It's not about keeping every rule. It's about this love relationship that drives you to want to do these things. It's not burdensome. It is light. It is rest. Now, some are experiencing burnout today, and some are experiencing depression, and I want to talk about that. And we are just opening the door to the conversation of these things. This is not exhaustive. I mean, you can. there's all kinds of forms of depression. The first thing we talk about, just a few symptoms, and just, if you were to review your own life and say, do I have these symptoms? Symptoms of depression may include loss of appetite. Um, I know if I lose appetite, something's wrong, you know. So you know yourself, you know, I eat well. If all of a sudden I'm like, man, I don't like to eat. Jessica's like, what? people are going to ask what's wrong. Uh, I went, when we went to my mom's funeral, I, I came to the, uh, the door of the church and the pastor was there greeting us. And he said, you look healthy. He said, your brother looks unhealthy. And I was like you mean because my brother is skinny, he looks unhealthy, and I look plump. Is, is that what you mean? He said, yeah. He said, you've been eating good, you know, so I look healthy. So if I'm not eating good, that's unhealthy. Um, so loss of appetite, trouble sleeping. I sleep well. I, I work, I go home, I'm tired, I go to bed, and I, you know, if, I, if something wakes me up, if something's going on, then something's not right. Um, but if you have trouble sleeping, fatigue, an unusual fatigue of your soul. Uh, You might not even be working a lot and you feel this fatigue, the feeling of being worthless. Uh, My mom struggled with that with depression. She had this ongoing feeling of worthlessness. Uh, We're seeing a lot of that. Um, Suicidal thoughts. Now, typically, they'll say if you continue to have these feelings or these symptoms over a two-week period, it's, it's considered depression. But I wouldn't wait that long if something is unusual to seek help. Uh, symptoms of burnout may include exhaustion, reduced positivity, a loss of identity, cynicism. I know when I'm stressed, I become very cynical. Um, and, and so you should watch those things. I try to be optimistic or realist, but if I, become, if I start getting cynical, then I know I am stressed. And I share both of those with you today. Uh, depression and stress because stress can actually lead into depression. Now, how do you know the difference? If you remove what you thre- think is the source of stress and you feel better, that's typically a stress um, that you are being stressed out because it's a situation situation. A job a toxic person um, and I want you to know this is something that has helped with my mental health separating yourself from toxic people it's okay and some people will try to shame you you're a Christian you're supposed to accept everybody I accept you but you need to be way over there and, and give me a break you know and, and that's real it is okay to sever from toxic relationships uh, people that are destroy- making you feel horrible all the time. Um, so if you remove something, a job, and, and a situation, a relationship, and you feel better, uh, that's typically, it's a stressful situation. However, extreme burnout can drive the body into some serious physical problems and depression. Now here's the deal. The church needs to quit turning a blind eye to this reality. Uh, if you're struggling in this area, I want you to find healing it's okay to seek help. I have a pastor friend, uh, we were going to Liberty University at the same time taking counseling courses. She went on to get her master's, and she is a she is a clinical, she is a counselor, a therapist. And she says this: getting help is not a weakness, it is strength. Uh, weakness is saying I don't need the help. It's okay to say I need help. Something's not right. And to seek help and to find help. Um, and so this same person, a friend of mine, a pastor friend who is a counselor now, she, what led her in this calling into counseling, she has gone through so much trauma in her past. Um, her biological father shot himself, committed suicide. She remembers it vividly. How traumatic. Um, her mom marries another man. Stepfather sexually abuses her going on trauma traumatic event lots of other things um, that have happened so I've asked her how does she deal with it and there's various things uh, but what she said helped her in dealing with the actual trauma and I'm sharing this with you today because she said it worked for her is EMDR and I looked it up because I really didn't know what it was. And it's this way of you look at something, you look away, way. And it's a way of making the way your brain remembers things and makes thoughts and has stress. They get stuck in a certain way and you start to move your eyes. Uh, it's a physical therapy, EMDR, eye management, desensitization, desensitization uh, reprocessing. It's a way of reprocessing the way you form memories. This actually helped, and she said that. On top of that, other things that she does, we'll share some more of those things. So in that, this traumatic thing, when trauma happens, now there's different forms of trauma. Um, I think when Emma was born, the way she was born, even though she was born in trauma, that we went through some stress and trauma in dealing with her being in the NICU for two weeks. And after that, issues, going to the hospital, surgeries, appointments, therapy, stress and trauma in that. And sometimes these pictures come up on Facebook and it takes you back into the moment, um, like just talking about that. And you feel you're like, wow, it must come s- such a long way. And at the same time, your, your heart kind of races sometimes too, because you're like, man, I went through that situation. Um, and so treatment helps with these things. We want people, even though there's hurt in the world, to find help and healing. Here it is. What does Paul tell the church? Help and healing, 2 Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God is the God of all comfort. He has comforted us. He has saved us. He has helped us. But now He is teaching us to do the same thing. How can we help others? And I want to talk about that a little bit. One of the families, the first family that came to visit us in the hospital was a couple who had their baby daughter die. And they were the first ones, because God had comforted them in that trauma. And we were unsure of what was going to happen with Emma when she was in the hospital. They were the first ones to come and be with us, just to pray with us and say, we understand. And they had been down some of the, the same road, some of the things that Emma was going through. So, we've been comforted, and we comfort in all forms of affliction, whatever that may be. We want to be the church, the body of Christ on Earth, uh, whether it be an inward issue or an outward issue. So how can we help provide healing as the church? I have a list of several things here, and I want to comment on them. The first thing I want you to see is that we are to comfort. Um, You know, a comforting word matters. You know what our family does? We hug. Doesn't a hug feel good? It feels good to know that people are on your side too. Um, That you're rooting for one another. That I have somebody I can share my issues with. Um, That we should be letting people know uh, that we care in their affliction. The second thing is that we need to learn to use wisdom and seek wisdom. Don't just give people your opinion about things. Now, I'm going to get into medicine. The church has been too bad on the negative side of giving opinions about a medicine and counseling. And oftentimes they've been wrong. Uh, we encourage people to seek wisdom. The Bible actually says to walk with the wise and you become wise. That you should go to a counselor during grief and marital issues You want someone else that knows what they're talking about to share in your life. So we seek wisdom, and we are to give wisdom and truth, not not opinion. The third thing, again, you can have Jesus and a therapist. I don't mean just a one-time session at a counseling office. I mean ongoing. You may have to have a therapist for a long time because this stuff comes back. Long-term grief, a traumatic event that has happened. And people, therapists are experienced and trained. I I encourage good Christian therapists, um, but we should say it's okay to say I have Jesus and a therapist. Uh, a lot of people say I just need Jesus, and you don't just need Jesus. You need His Holy Spirit too. You need the Holy Spirit. Did you know that Jesus said you didn't need just Him? That He was sending the Holy Spirit. We need the Father. We need the body of Christ. We need people that know what they're doing. We need doctors. I don't say, I just need Jesus when it comes to filling the, you know, filling the refrigerator. Obviously, i got to earn money, go out, and, and fill the refrigerator. It's not just, I need Jesus, and I'm going to be healed. You may need to go to the doctor, a chiropractor, any of these things. So you can have Jesus and a therapist. Number four, prayer and scripture. Now, I put that there, and I'm not going into a long Bible study of all the verses that deal with uh, mental health and all these things, but I will say one, Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Our God is in the business of healing, and there's many ways of finding help and, and healing. So prayer, one of the things I want to say about that you should pray is that God gives you wisdom in prayer and allows you to see that there's a need or He tells you what to do or how to handle a problem. That you should first be communicating with God and reading the Scriptures because they are wise, they are true, they are spiritual, and they are the comforting words of God. Hearing from God is comforting, isn't it? We want to hear from Him and have His truth in our lives. The fifth thing I have here is encouraging one another Uh, Root for one another. We want people to succeed. We want people to have health. We want people to be healed. Uh, Six, be empathetic and understanding. Now, I will tell you this. I don't understand everything. Uh, I've told you I don't understand cutting. I don't understand uh, loneliness and all those things like that, like Gen Z is experiencing. But I understand the fact that it is happening. And I want to be empathetic because not every story is the same. Just because I'm not experiencing depression does not mean someone else can't experience depression. I don't have anxiety the same way other people have anxiety. There's some people that have anxiety and cannot get out of bed. I don't understand that but I'm empathetic. I understand the fact that it is happening to people and we should be that way. And, And as some people like to say the struggle is real. We are dealing with struggles and that people have had things happen that you don't know. And they have not dealt with those things yet. Seven, love one another. We are a place of love. We want people to feel welcome, to be loved, to have healing and hope. Eight, medicine. The church, I, I heard an evangelist say, y'all need to get off all that medicine. And just because he doesn't need medicine doesn't mean we don't need medicine. You know, I, I have friends who are taking medicine. They need the medicine. I have a medicine I have to take. I don't care what an evangelist says. I'm going to trust my doctor first, uh, because you know if I don't take this medicine, my heart could stop. You know, I, lo- I like evangelists, but sometimes they say some things that aren't right. Um, if your doctor prescribes you a medicine and you, wise counsel, asking around, doing your research, but it is OK. You may need uh, some medicine. Number nine: physical therapy. What helps? You know what it helps me? Chiropractic work. I feel awesome after they... Just that. You pay all that money for a five-minute visit, but you feel good, don't you? There's actually evidence that this is subsequent help in therapy along with other things. Chiropractic help, orthopedic help, uh, massages help, um, releasing the toxins, all the toxins. Uh, you want to release all the toxins. Number 10 here exercise, diet and exercise. So I have a friend who's also teaching people and and getting trained in this as well. A lot of people feel bad because they eat bad food. You ever had the sugar crash? You like the sugar? mm. Now I feel horrible. Uh, Eat the right foods, you'll feel better. Exercise. Exercise helps me a lot. I mean, it releases the endorphins. It helps with the stress of life and all of these things. Eleven, do not neglect rest. So our culture, the upward mobility mentality to go, go, go all the time is affecting humanity. And so, I, you know, I only sleep five, six hours. I go, 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 and it takes a toll on you. It is okay to rest. Uh, I struggle with napping. I, really, I actually become cranky after napping. If I take like a two-hour nap and I'm like, ah, ah, I don't know what it is, it's wrong. But every once in a while I catch like a 15-minute and it's like, boom, it feels great. Uh, but get the right sleep that you need. We live in a culture where people want to stay up all night binge-watching TV. Next episode, next episode, next episode. While I'm resting staring at my phone. This is not proper rest. Staring at the screen is not proper rest. Have recreation, get outdoors, do some exercise, all of these things. Do not neglect rest. Number 12, stay connected to the church. Uh, before 2020 and during 2020 and after 2020, after everything that happened with the coronavirus, more research was coming out that people have better experiences. They feel more positive and that their mental health is well when they're going to church. Can you imagine that? that you're around other people that are rooting for you, there is mental health in that, in helping people and finding healing. Above, I said that hurt people hurt people. However, healed people help heal people and point people in the right direction for hope. Now, in closing, I want to share a story from a pastor because guess what? Pastors get stressed out too. Did you know that? pastor I love in Denton, Texas, Pastor Tommy Nelson Wrote a biography of his ministry and life called The Guy in the Tie. Uh, he's a pastor of Denton Bible Church in Texas. And he describes how he began to experience something altogether new to him. He's this go, go, go athlete kind of a guy. Sun up to sun down. Go, 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 doing ministry. Loved what he was doing. Loved every minute of it. And it was in 2004. And at first they thought when these things started happening, at first they thought it was allergies, so he picked up some allergy meds and sometimes a steroid shot. But then he began to have problems going to sleep, and he had too many early morning meetings. He was meeting with people, Bible studies, all these things. He couldn't afford to miss sleep, so he would take various sleep aids. So this something starts happening, and he just starts taking all kinds of various medicines. While sitting in his chair in his office one day, he said this, I felt my body give way underneath me. Something in my heart broke. His heart began to race. His blood pressure spiked and his mouth got dry. He began to sweat and he had no strength. He thought he was dehydrated. He said, but over time it became more sinister, these experiences he was having. And he describes it this way. He said it was not so much a physical thing but something of the soul and mind. He says it felt like a flu of the spirit, a pain in one's soul. He was not able to sleep and he had to be knocked out each night with an Ambien pill. He was stuck in fifth gear and his body wouldn't stop. He was go, go, go all the time and now the body was in that mode, but the body was breaking down. Um, In the meantime, They were preparing for a conference hosted at his church where he would lead a Bible study, and over 800 people were supposed to come. He took Ambien as he's preparing, and he presses on. But then he felt something collapse, something within. He thought to himself at this moment as a pastor, this must be depression. He questioned God at this point. Why would God allow this to happen? I've been serving God. I'm doing ministry. I'm doing good things. I'm doing the things I love. He saw more doctors. He had an MRI. He had blood work done. He had more anxiety attacks. He couldn't read. His body ached. He couldn't focus enough to pray. And then they had to decide to cancel this conference they were going to have at the church 24 hours out. 800 people. He dropped 20 pounds because his body was continually in fifth gear. An ambient at night would knock him out, but at 4 a.m. his body just woke up. Something as he describes, at 4 a.m., he describes it as it would crawl on to me, whatever it was. He was officially diagnosed with clinical anxiety and depression. He says it was the dark night of my soul. In June 2006, Tommy Nelson's doctor said he would talk to his Hindu friend who was a psychiatrist who helped a family member through depression. Now, Tommy makes jokes about this. He says a Hindu um, psychiatrist is an oxymoron, a lot of jokes in this, and that he would never go to anything like that. Why would I go to a psychiatrist? I don't need that. I have God. The Hindu doctor said, after talking to him, he said that he talks to people like Tommy Nelson every day. He was a garden-variety case of anxiety from continual stress. He prescribed lorazepam for sleep and to carry on. He, to carry one. This was one at night for sleep and one through the day if you became anxious. And he wouldn't need it permanently, he said, but just until he gets the worst of it behind him. Then they gave him an SSRI. Do you know what an SSRI is? I didn't know what that was, so I had to look it up, and SSRI is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. You may have heard the term Lexapro. It builds back serotonin levels, and here's the deal. He had been on the go for so long, and his body had stayed in fifth gear, adrenaline was pumping all the time. Now adrenaline is good in short, short bursts, but not continually. Too much adrenaline produced too much cortisol, and too much cortisol inhibited serotonin, and serotonin allows the brain to function properly. And this psychiatrist, this Hindu psychiatrist, helped solve the problem. It would take several weeks to feel the effect, two to three weeks. He began to sleep eight hours. He began to work out more, enjoying the evenings. Then one day, as he was sitting with his wife and eating, he said this, All of a sudden, it lifted. His wife asked, what's the matter? And he said, I'm me. And it took having the right medicine. Uh, He said the depression would loop from time to time. It would go away longer and come back weaker until it practically faded away. Now, here's the deal, church. Early on in Pastor Nelson's ministry, He said people would come to him and say, I'm struggling with depression and anxiety, and this was his answer. You need to pray more and read the Bible. And that was it. And he believes that God took him down this path to teach him that this was a serious matter and that it would open the door for the ministry to speak to these issues. So he would have a new ministry. He used to be the pastor that did the Song of Solomon conference to talk about sex, the need for these issues. He said, I went from being the pastor that talked about sex to mental health. (laughs) And so he would speak openly about these things. But he also said this, but that God also gave me the appreciation of simple joy in being healed, that he would find rest in God's timing. Church, there is hurt in the world. We cannot ignore that. However, there is healing and there is hope. I want to leave you with this verse and then I'm going to open the altars for you guys to come and pray. Jesus, again, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jay, you can come. And you will find rest for your souls. In at church, I did all of that. I am 46. I would have said the same thing early on. I didn't understand bipolar disorder. I didn't understand depression. I watched people experiencing it. And I remember having a conversation with my brother one day who dealt with anxiety. Anytime I sat with my younger brother, his hands did this. He trembled. He had serious anxiety. Some of that may have been a result of trauma or drugs or whatever it may be. But he struggled with those things, and I didn't understand it. All of this is to open the door to the reality that people need help, and we need to be speaking openly about it. Now, I'm going to open the altar. Whatever you need to pray about, um, find healing in Christ, find rest in Him, praying for someone that needs help, just seeking God, you can come and pray at this time bow our heads and close our eyes. known you as a friend, I have lived with the goodness of God. God in heaven, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we can come to our heavenly father. That we can cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. Lord, we thank you that we believe in the God that is the healer. Lord, that he mends the broken heart. That he binds up our wounds. And I pray that we continue to be a place where people can find healing. Lord, that there is hope in Christ. Lord, that you bless your people today. Lord, that they seek the help that they need. They are comforted by you. Lord, that they are comforted by us. And that we all find comfort in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, if you would stand as some are continuing to pray, go ahead and stand. All right, we've been hitting some interesting topics. Have y'all noticed that? Uh, dealing with cultural topics, issues that we need to speak to, not hiding behind these things. Um, I do want to say, I, um, I, you know, we've been through stress. We try to ignore that stuff. I've been where we go, 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 and we go more to deal with those things. I do encourage rest, church, and that you find rest in Christ first and foremost. Um, but you do find the help that you need in whatever it may be. Church, go in grace and peace. Be blessed by God. Have a wonderful week. We love you. You are dismissed.